Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. My name is Matt Southcombe and today I'm joined by our rugby writers Andy Howell and Simon Thomas. There's been plenty happening in Welsh rugby this week. We've had the big Six Nations squad announcement today. Rob Howley's named his 36-man squad, so we'll be diving straight into all that. We'll be talking about the seven uncapped players, the change of captaincy and the casualties who will miss out on representing their country over the next few months. We'll look ahead to Wales' first Six Nations match against Italy in Rome. And we'll also have a look back on a dramatic weekend of European action. And there are still a few teams with plenty to play for as we head into round six of the Challenge Cup. Um, so chaps, let's start then. We get into the squad, Andy. Rob Howley's named seven uncapped players, five of whom have never been involved with the squad before. Let's go through them one by one and talk about Ollie Cracknell first off. What's he been doing in recent weeks? Yeah, he's impressed me this season, blindside flanker. He's a big uh, unit, athletic, mobile, and he seems to know what he's doing with the ball in hand. He's, uh, he's not just a basher. He's got some skills about him. He's good at drawing defenders and uh, pass him. He, he, he's a guy, I think, has got a big future ahead of him. Okay, and uh, Cy Thomas Young um, is in the squad. There was, there's been all sorts being written about him, and everyone's talking about him in recent weeks. And that's down to his performances. Um, we weren't sure whether or not he would be selected because of all the rules regarding players playing rugby in England, etc., etc. It does make things more difficult, but he's in the squad. Yeah, we talked about this at length last week, and Andy yeah. was on uh, his skiing holiday. Oh, now he's back, ready in time for the Six back Nations. In one piece. Great to see him back, yeah, and good to see Thomas Young in the squad because we said last week, Matt, didn't we, that if, if form was to be seen, to be rewarded, and he had to be in. He's been one of the standout players in the Viva Premiership, a combative physical league. He's more than held his own there. A couple of outstanding performances. You can see how working with George Smith at Wasps last season has really developed his game. He's a different kind of creature to the one who, who left Cardiff Blues three or four years ago, and he deserves to be there. And It was interesting today when uh, we asked Rob Howley about where he saw him, and because he plays... A fair bit of his rugby with number six on his back for mm. Wasps, but he says he sees him as a seven. And interesting, the Dai, Dai Young, his father, sees him as a seven as well. Um, yeah, so it's um, a really exciting selection because Thomas is somebody who's worked really hard at his game developed, and uh, I think I think his uh, Reader Wine School up in Aberdeen will be very proud of him. Uh, and uh, your boy Ashton Hewitt, he's in the squad, I know you're a big fan. Fastest man in Welsh rugby. Going into the test, isn't he? Yeah. style fastest man. He's a good lad, Ashton. He's come on a lot. He's got loads of uh, uh, speed, but uh, he's also got good footwork. He's able to beat people on the outside or sidestep him. Goes uh, looking for work, has improved his, uh, his defence, and uh, he's getting better under the high ball. Um, maybe he still needs to get a bit, big, a bit bigger uh, physically. Um, I'm not sure if he'll make a starting lineup. But it's good to see a young, uh, uh, he's such an exciting player as him, uh, pushing for a pushing for a place in the team, especially with Keelan Giles being out with injury. Yeah, uh, so we thought last week, um, we thought Alex Cuthman might get the nod as he did, um, probably as a result of Keelan Giles' his hamstring injury that he's picked up. But we'll come on to that in a little while. But we weren't convinced that they would pick two players. Um, who are uncapped in the same position, but they've gone with uh, Steph Evans as well as Ashton Hewitt in the wing well, the, inter- the interesting thing here is if Keelan Giles had been fit, which of the three would have missed out? 
would have been one of the two uncapped players, would have been Alex Cuthbert. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, it's a tricky one. Um, Keelan Giles, you're disappointing. You know, he, he's played so well this season, but uh, I suppose if you uh, if you play in that position and you're speeding around the field a lot, there's always the, the danger of that hamstring twink, twanging, yeah. and it has, and unfortunately he's out for a little while now. Um, Steph Evans is in. We've, we've always historically talked, haven't we, about the importance of performing at the highest European level as a real sort of stepping stone into the international squad, and he's done that. You look at that horrendous group they were handed, mm. you know, Toulon and Saracens, and both of those um, both of those teams. He's really stood up and performed. He creates things. He makes things happen. And I think he also, like Andy mentioned, Hewitt, Steph Evans has worked on his defence and improved it as well. So, yeah, I think really exciting to see those lads there. Yeah, at the start of the season, Steph's defence wasn't uh, great and he didn't have the uh, confidence he's got now with the ball in hand. Sometimes he used to make a run and he kicked possession away, but you can see he's grown and he's looking for the support player all the time. And, uh, you know, he's really making use of the ball. And defensively, I must say, he's really toughened up. And he's a f- also, what he has going for him is if you're looking at the 23, he covers full-back as well. And with he's, in a way, kind of taken on the position of Hallam Amos there, isn't he? Somebody who could cover wing and full-back. So he could be part of this uh, setup very much. Another man who's uh, pretty versatile, and that will bode well for him, is Owen Williams. Another yes. uncapped player in the squad, um, been a massive fan of his uh, for some time and I think he's just had injuries at the wrong time uh, maybe in the past but uh, his form has certainly warranted selection this time around I think what's really worked in his favour is the because of the injury situation they've had at Leicester he's played quite a bit in the centre mm. and we need centres if you look at it let's be honest we've got you know the tried and trusted partnership of Jonathan Davis and Jimmy Roberts been along for a while Scott Williams has been there for a number of years, but we, we, we were a bit short, really, of young centres coming through and pushing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah let me just stop with it now. We're we, short of young centres coming through because of the number of foreigners occupying centre positions in Wales. It's wrong. Anyway. <laughs> but if you look at like, someone like Tyler Morgan, who's been part of it, played in the World Cup quarter-final against South yeah. Africa, hasn't really kicked on, has he? You know, I suppose the one person you could consider a bit unlucky in the centre selection is Ashley Beck, who's come back he, from injury and yeah. played really well this season. He's had major injuries. He though. has. But what I'm saying is that Owen's ability to play in the centre and the fact that Gareth Anscombe is injured, mm. you've, got an, you've got a vacancy in the centre, you've got a vacancy for a backup 10, so it's all come together well for him. The only concern is that he, he did pick up an elbow arm injury uh, about nine days ago, yeah. and fingers crossed that he'll come over that, because it'd be a shame, having been selected, if injury used to stop him Ma- taking his spot. Matt, looking at the squad, this centre sent us what uh, worries me, concerns me the most, because Jonathan Davis is playing with that much uh, strapping on his uh, hamstring, you know, which has plagued him since he are uh, during and since he autumn internationals that he's like a mummy mm. a job to move he's got yes, that much yeah. strapping on there so I'm worried about Jonathan will he be fit for the Six Nations or if he is will he last the Six Nations um, and then, then you know Owen really is a number 10 who can play at uh, 12, 12. Mm. and you've got the versatility Scott Williams who can play inside and outside centre you've got Jamie Roberts it wouldn't surprise me if Wales go in this match against Italy with Jamie Roberts back at inside centre and Scott Williams at outside centre mm. which probably isn't Scott's best position really and he's got the ability to play there but he's performing so well at 12 you'd think it has to be a temptation but then what do you do at 13 if Jonathan yeah. Davis isn't well, quite yeah, you know, significant last weekend it was Hadley Parks who was playing outside centre for the Scottish Jonathan Davis on the bench because yeah. Jonathan, Park. you know, you can see Jonathan does not look right with his leg. Hadley Parks will be qualified for Wales around about November time. Well, that's no good to us this season. <laughs> <laughs> very good point. Very good point. Um, Rory Thornton's back in the squad, chaps. Um, he's been there before. He was in and around the squad at the World Cup, I remember as well. 
um, yet to be capped by Wales, Andy. Um, is this just another stepping stone in his progression, but, or is he going to get picked? What can you see happening? Well, he was in the squad for the Autumn Internationals, but he suffered a back spasm, mm-hmm. which opened the door for Corey Hill to play. Uh, instead when uh, Braddy Davis had uh, injury and Rob Howley said at the time Thornton if he hadn't had that injury would have been capped any autumn he's on a national deal contract he's a youngster he's one they're looking to uh, uh, two for the uh, future um, I don't think it's a, he'll play this Six Nations but I think this is part of his uh, uh, learning curve you know when you look at those uh, uh, other locks Chartres is getting on a bit even Alan Wynne-Jones yeah. is uh, 31, so Wales got to be looking towards the future. I think it's been a real breakthrough season for Thornton. Yeah. You know, he's played a lot of rugby for the Ospreys. He's become their very much go-to technical man in the line-out. You couldn't and, have anybody better to play alongside to learn than Alan Wynne-Jones. Yeah, and he's forced himself ahead of Lloyd Pierce at the Ospreys. Yeah, I think... He's not a bad player himself. And we're well-blessed in the, in the second round, yeah, because yeah. I think Jake Bolton outstanding form as yeah. well. Uh, you know, the, the final cap player in the squad is Alec Davis, uh, Scarlet Scrum Half. Interesting one, Matt, yeah. because Ali has slipped down. He went was with Wales squad for the last Six Nations. Went with Wales to New Zealand in the uh, in the summer. Then uh, lost his form. Start of the season. Uh, Jonathan Evans was signed by the Scarlets. Of course, they already had Gareth Davis. Mm. Jonathan Evans has been a huge success. A huge success for the Scarlets. Uh, but they played still played Gareth Davis in the uh, in the big games. But interestingly, last weekend when it came to that European match with the champions. Uh, Saracens and Gareth Davis is out with injury. What did the Scarlets do? They actually turned to Ali Davis, who I thought was magnificent last weekend. Yeah, and I think brilliant. he's got back in the squad, uh, in the Wales squad, uh, on that on that performance. If he keeps churning it out like that, you know, he will be pushing for a place in the team, uh, you know, unless uh, Reese Webb can prove his fitness. I think he, along with Steph Evans, you know, has really forced his way in the last couple of weeks. Um, I thought he was excellent against uh, Saris. and of course he'd scored, claimed that uh, penalty try against Ulster the week before turning that match. Um, Lloyd Williams has now been overtaken in the pecking order. So, mm-hmm. but the, what interests me is that you've got Reese Webb, who they are hoping might be involved this week. You had Gareth Davis, who hasn't played last weekend because he had an injury. So yeah. all of a sudden, there's a few question marks about who's going to be fit and ready to start in yeah. line against Italy. Yeah, you know, Reese hasn't played since the Australia game when he did his ankle in. So how he said today, you know that. Uh, they hope that uh, Reese has an involvement for the Ospreys at Newcastle this weekend, but he also stressed, was, uh, and I thought it was quite significant, that he that Reese might be released to play for the Ospreys next week as well. Yeah, Shows how desperate they are to get him, uh, you yeah. know, uh, match fit. He did also point out, to to be fair, that Webb he's had a couple of injuries and he's always come back in very good nick. Oh, he always comes back early and shared uh, yeah. well and in very good condition. I think he's a, uh, he's a really good pro. Uh, you know, he does everything he can to uh, to get back on the field. Uh, probably, well, arguably, one of the most significant uh, things to come out of this announcement, chaps, is that Alan Wynne Jones will captain Wales for the tournament, and Sam mm. Warpden has moved aside, stepped down, whatever you want to call it. He won't wear the armband, so to speak. Um, before we have a chat, let's listen to what Rob Howley had to say on the Wales captaincy at today's press conference. I sounded Alan Wynne out uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and you know it is discussions with Sam Warburton in the autumn series in terms of when Sam was injured and changing the role as open side to number six and having conversations with Sam back in the autumn. I met up with Sam uh, on Monday and had a discussion uh, with Sam and just just felt that the squad that you've seen today, particularly in the back row, you can appreciate the amount of talent we've got and no one's guaranteed their position. Uh, and I think that 
you know, the one thing with Alan Wynn, he's the first name on the uh, on the team sheet. And with with Sam, as I spoke to Sam, that the talent that we've got in the back row, uh, that uh, we just feel at this moment in time as a coaching team, that it's best for Sam to concentrate on being the best that he can be, to get his mojo back, and uh, you know, be available for Wales and play to the best of his ability. And Sam agreed with it. Okay, chaps, so that's what Rob Howley made of things. Um, all the talk in the press conference before Howley came in today was, has Sam warped and jumped or was he pushed from, from the captaincy? I guess from what Rob Howley said today, we're leaning towards him being pushed. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, right. You know, I think it's uh, culminated with Howley having a uh, meeting with Sam and he's told him that he wants him to concentrate on his uh, own game, think more of Sam Warburton than, uh, and Wales and he was going to replace him as uh, captain, uh, my understanding, oh, you know, having done a story on it uh, recently, was that uh, Sam had been contemplating his uh, future anyway. He's had so many injuries. That's knocked his confidence. So is the criticism he'd been having on uh, social uh, media. He's been in a job. Uh, he'd been in a job for uh, since 2011. So you know, a long time. Wales have won a couple of Six Nations titles, which is World Cup semi-final under him. Uh, but you know, let's face facts; they haven't uh, picked up any titles since uh, uh, for four years. So oh, maybe it was due, maybe it was time for a change. And Alan Wynn is an excellent leader, anyway. Yeah. So just if you sort of read between the lines in what Howley was saying today about um, the, there's a lot of competition in the back row, and Sam needs to rediscover his mojo, and that the captain needs to have been guaranteed his place. He said Alan Wynn Jones is always the first name on the team sheet. Um, is this Sam Warburton under pressure now for his place in the squad? It was a great quote, wasn't it? He said, no one is guaranteed their place. <laughs> and then he finished the sentence, he said, but Alan wins the first name on the team sheet. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the point he was making there, I think, and is a pertinent one. If you look at the back row now, there's so much competition there. Um, Moriarty did so well in the autumn and in the summer before that. Falatau's coming back, we know all about him. Tipperick's been exceptional this season. Thomas Young has come through, Cracknell's come through. You know, that's a competitive old area. And yeah. so you, you couldn't say that Sam is nailed down. I actually think he will start the first test against Italy. Mm. Because if you look at it, Falatau has hardly played any rugby this season. I think it'd be a big ask to throw him in as a starter. So I think we probably will go Warburton, uh, Moriarty and Tipperick for the first game. So I think Sam's still kind of a big part to play. But for me, it was telling um, when Rob was asked today, was uh, Sam disappointed? He said, well, he didn't show his disappointment, but he probably will be. Now, if he was stepping down, there wouldn't be a disappointment, would there? Essentially, there's a feeling with the Welsh management that it's in his best interest for him to concentrate on playing and, as he said, to get his mojo back. Yeah, yeah really, that's face facts. They've dispensed with his services as captain. Uh, but I think, he, like Simon said, I think he will play against Italy and I think that's a huge game for uh, for Sam. He's got to have a big game there. To, he would have to have a big game to retain his uh, a, a place in the uh, team because I think he's under real pressure and that uh, you know, he needs to find his best form, consistently produce it to, uh, to, to get in that line-up. I mean, I'm not, I, don't think, I don't think Sam Walton's done many things wrong since the autumn, but you certainly wouldn't describe him we, as undroppable, would you? No, not anymore. Those days are gone, without a shadow of a doubt. OK. Um, Alan and Jones steps in then, Si. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about it before, that there weren't many other candidates for that job. No, once Skeffin Jenkins was out for the Six Nations with his uh, bicep injury, um, it really had to be Alan Wynn. Um, you know, you, everyone knows what an inspirational figure he's been leading the Ospreys, always leads by example on the field, 
and the man who wears his heart on his sleeve as well. It'll mean a huge amount to him to be the permanent captain of Wales as he is now. And of course, as we said last week, if it goes well for him and he leads Wales well, there's a certain other tour coming up this summer. And if right now you were picking your likely Lions captain, he'd be right up there in the first couple of names, I think. Yeah, and Howley wouldn't be drawn on that today when he was asked about it. But <laughs> That's understandable. Well, it's <laughs> well, a Six Nations to get through first. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But I mean, this throws him right at the top of that list now, doesn't well, it? He's going to be in it, and and Six Nations captain, is, uh, the Lions captain, sorry, is going to be picked on the uh, on a Six Nations if Wales have a good Six Nations. If they win a title, Alan wins captain, he will be Lions captain. If England win it, Dylan Hartley stands a good chance of being Lions captain. Well, still, Same with Ireland. Still, you Rory, still think Hartley? Rory, even after his Rory latest Best. suspension? Yeah, I think Gatlin likes him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's his type of player. You know, if, Wales, if England have a Grand Slam, uh, you know, carry on a winning thing, they will set a world record 19 in a row. Mm-hmm. Surely it's impossible not to give Hartley the Lions captaincy. Okay. All right, then. Um, few casualties from this squad today we'll start with Lloyd Williams say um, mm. I, I can't say it was particularly surprising to see him not in the squad given that he hasn't really performed at his best over the last few weeks no it's a difficult one for him because he obviously had the game against Japan and there was quite a lot of focus on the way he played in that game although I think you wonder about what the, what the game plan was in that match sometimes there was a few players scratching their head and exactly what was going on and yeah. and he hasn't sort of um, been playing in a Blues team that's been going particularly well I, I think you know there couldn't be that much complaint about it and I think Alec Davis has been pushing hard it's, yeah. it's come off it's come off it's an interesting yeah. one hold on now, Alec Davis has been pushing hard for just for two games the last two games because Jonathan Evans has been ahead of him in the peck order and Jonathan Evans has also, has also been pushing hard for the squad so I wouldn't disagree with. I wouldn't say Ali Davis is strong six or seven good no, performances guy because he hasn't played many minutes. No, like I said earlier, I think you know very much like he's pushed himself through in the last couple of weeks mm. um, in Europe. In Europe, which is always the key thing, and the, the, the fact that the Scarlets are playing in the Champions Cup is always going to be beneficial to them compared to teams playing in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, um, the other one to miss out who was in the autumn squad and is Tyler Morgan. Um, we haven't seen a lot of him. He's, he's had injuries. He's played on the wing. He has had a few games in the centre for the Dragons, but misses out. Well, I've seen quite a bit of him this season when he's played because I've uh, covered the Dragons quite uh, comprehensively, quite, quite, quite comprehensively. Yeah. And uh, Tyler, yeah, you're right. He sat games out. They signed Sam Beard, who was Welsh qualified. Interesting uh, one from Edinburgh, and Beard has actually played really well for the Dragons and, and kept Tyler out of the team quite uh, often though Tyler's had a run of games uh, recently uh, part of the problem with Tyler is he's had loads of different uh, injuries I think they've held him back and it appears to me as though his uh, confidence has taken a bit of a knock and um, he, he, you know he's been str- struggling a little bit he's actually made more impact at the Dragons really when he's uh, come off the uh, come off the bench uh, so you, you know Tyler needs to get a uh, shot of confidence from somewhere. Yeah. Dragons need to uh, win uh, win more matches. Uh, certainly start winning uh, away from home. He needs to be part of it, and he, you know that will give him a lift. I think. Mm. Um, the final one I've got down here. Um, it's not really his fault, side, but it's Keelan Giles it misses out. Uh, I got to be honest. I think Wales have handled this quite well, based on what Rob Howley was saying today. Um, he's a young man. He's done his hamstring for the first time. He's obviously a, the kind of guy who moves very quickly off the yeah. mark. Um, he's the first first major injury as well, really. Mm. That Howley said, you know, they, they need to handle this correctly, and I think they're doing that. 
I say two words, Eli Walker. Look at Eli, you know, in a similar situation coming through. So exciting when he burst on the scene. But he's had repeated hamstring problems. I remember Nigel Walker, um, when he was playing, and other wingers in the past, you know, they've had the, the fast fibres of the of the athletes and, and the, these hamstring problems do occur. Gareth Edwards used to have it back in the day. Mm. So yeah. early in the season. Early in the season. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, so the bottom line is you don't want it to become a recurring problem. You yeah. want to get it sorted. Yeah, I think you're right, Auli. Uh, uh, you know, I think he's dead right about um, about uh, uh, Giles. And I thought Howley himself conducted himself very well at today's uh, press uh, conference. I was uh, uh, most impressed. Mm. Spoke very well. Um, a couple of guys say I've got down as unlucky to miss out on selection, and the first one is Ashley Beck. Yeah, I mean, Ashley's come back from you know, a lot of injury problems and has played really well for the Ospreys this season. They had a bit of an issue in the centre, really, over the last couple of years. But I, I like Beck. I mean, he's got graceful ability, a nice passing ability. He can glide through. And I think there was there would have been a real case for having him on board. Um, do, you, do you know what, though? I actually think it's better he's not involved in the squad because there's a possibility, as we discussed earlier, Jonathan Davis might not see for this championship. And mm. Scott Williams and Jamie Roberts have had lots of injuries in the past, as had Owen Williams. Could be a case that Beck gets called in later during a championship. So I think it would be better if he carries on playing for the Ospreys because you know he had almost two years without much rugby and he actually needs more more game time. Mm. So I think that would be beneficial for him and for Wales. So if he's needed later in the Six Nations, he'll come in, you know, straight out of a match in Ryderman and be fully prepared. Mm. He does. He does bring something different to that midfield, oh, though, doesn't oh, he? Oh, he's good play. He's played well for Wales before. Played excellent in Australia. So mm, Simon, did, I think yeah. in uh, 2012 when he ousted Scott Just, Williams. He's got, the team. Touch, he's got a touch of class. He's got class, hasn't he? He's yeah. got class. He can beat people. He's got variety in his game and he sees things. Still relatively young as well, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be great to see him uh, involved, but, uh, you know, uh, it might uh, give him a. Give him a, a month or so, he might be up being there. Someone's got to play for the Ospreys. They've got 11 boys in this squad. Yeah, well, once again, and you know, the Ospreys are always giving, contributing the most, aren't they? Oh, they are. They're an excellent. Uh, Region, aren't they? Some people would argue they're only Wales. They Wales is only true region, yeah. and uh, they have done a. They do a fantastic job of bringing uh, players through, home-produced uh, uh, players, and this is the second generation, the second wave of Ospreys uh, making a mark with Wales, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm going to come to you again on this next one. I want I want you to plead your Aaron Shingler case. I know you want to make a case for him being involved in this side. Yeah, I think Alan Shingler has had a fantastic season for the Scarlets and I thought he was immense last weekend again against uh, Saracens. Brilliant over the ball. Owen Farrell came off at the end, did a TV interview straight away and he said we were killed at the breakdown. That was by Shingler, Scotsman John Barkby and James Davis. But Shingler's arms were everywhere. (laughs) And not only that, Shingler is tall, athletic, he's a real ball handler, fantastic Mm. at the line-out and he's got a bit of vision about him. And yeah, he didn't last time he was involved with Wales was that in 2014 South Africa. Didn't yeah. have a great first test, hasn't been involved. But was playing open side then, that day. Playing thing. open side, out of position. But when he's played for Wales at Blindside Franca, he's done quite well. And uh, I know there's a lot of competition in the back row, and him, Cracknell, and James King are perhaps a likeness. But I think uh, if you're picking on form, I would put Shingler on the same level as Steph Evans and Ali so Davis. Who would you have left out with that back row? Well, this is this is the problem, isn't it? Does James King? James King did work fairly well in the autumn. 
and he covers lock as well, which could be uh, useful. The other thing with Aaron Shingler, uh, Cracknell, do you put him in now at that age, or Shingler, oh, Cracknell? You look in the future; it's a tough one, isn't it? When you look at a back row selection, you have to have a complete balance. Now you have to have somebody who's good over the ball, physical over the mm. ball. So you go the likes of Warburton there. You're going to need a ball carrier. You've got Moriarty Falatau there. You also got a tackling option. Uh, you've certainly got that with uh, with Warburton, with Tipperick, with Falatau. You also need line out. Right? And that's what Aaron Shingler would have really offered, yes. would have been a big line-out option. I guess James King is the person who alternatively offers that. Mm. Hey, listen, he's in a great position to be in. We're talking about such quality players not making this back row. Yeah. It's, I've never seen a back row for Wales with so many options. Yeah. Do you think he's still paying the price for that South African debacle? No, I don't think so. But I think that you've got to say about Aaron is that he's had a lot of concussion issues over the last year or so. Right. And that's been a problem. That's kept him out for quite yeah. a while. He only recently just returned for this week after another bang to the head. Yeah. And for me, the biggest thing is that he's healthy and still playing and, and doing so well. Um, there are certain players, though, aren't there, who we say fantastic week in, Josh week out. Region. Josh Navidi, fantastic week in, week out. Dan Evans, outstanding. Yeah. Now, are they players who are just below international level or are they players who are perceived as being below international level by the coaches? Well, this is it, you know. Only they can answer that for us. <laughs> so, um, looking ahead to Rome then, the first, te- uh, first game of the Six Nations and um, Wales' perennial sl- slow starters in these campaigns is something that they've got to guard against because... We can't expect the walkover out there. This won't be a walkover because Italy really fancy this game. And don't forget, they also beat South Africa in the autumn, but they spent the following week celebrating and then went and lost to <laughs> Tonga. You know, yeah. Conor O'Shea and the coaching reigns, you know, he's an astute, uh, he's an astute uh, coach. And they know Wales will be slow starters. Traditionally, look at, look at the autumn. Wales got roasted by Australia in their opening uh, fixture. So they'll be right up for this. There's something else we got to bear in mind as well. Bonus points introduced mm. to the Six Nations for the first time. Teams will be tar- countries will be targeting Italy as yep. where you get a bonus point. Really, Wales. It's not only just going over there and winning. You know, just doing enough to win. They've got to go over there really and uh, score four tries and get a bonus point. There is another conund- there is another part of this conundrum. It's always that not hasn't really been picked up on that much so far. There's only a six day turnaround between so the Italy England. game and a travelling day back from Rome as well before the England game. Now, you don't want to go into the Italy game with his, you know, underpowered side keeping them f- f- fresh for the England game because that's a potential banana skin situation. Mm. But they will be in their mind that, well, gosh, six days away we've got England. So can they go in with a fully armed 15 against Italy and then put them out against England I, six I, days later? I, I don't think Wales got a chance. I think they've got to go in uh, fully loaded. Mm. They've got to go in fully loaded, try and do a quick job on them and then make some changes in the second half. I'm just thinking of people like Faletau and Webb. Well, Faletau... Might Fal- they be seeing them get them ready for the England yeah. game? Well, based on what Rob Howley said today about Faletau, I cannot see him playing against Italy. He said he's only running in straight lines at the moment and they need to speak to the Bath coach. He did say he can hope Black to be Adder. available for it. Yeah, but he says only look. What is it? Just over two weeks away, and he's only running straight lines. I got it's the impression. Sport. I got the impression he maybe was slightly ahead of Webb. Or, or maybe oh, Webb's right. Webb's, Webb, Webb will be fit this weekend, but was, I think he could be on the bench. At the so, office. do you think that the fact that they're talking about Webb playing on the weekend of the Italy game means that they're very focused on him starting against England, perhaps? Well, I think Webb could start against Italy. Won't be because they, they, you know Webb came back during last year's Six Nations. He had a game or two for the Ospreys and he's straight back in the Wales team. Do you think, he? you think he'll start against Italy? I think it's a good chance he will. If he if he comes off the bench to the Ospreys this weekend then he starts at Anglo-Welsh the following week, I think Webb will start against Italy. Interesting. Mm. It is, yeah. Is it disrespectful to suggest that the winner of this Six Nations will, will get a bonus point against Italy? 
not in Rome. No, not not really, because uh, you look at the six uh, six nations and the uh, fixtures, and you would think there's a good chance it could all just come down to a Grand Slam battle at the end between uh, Ireland and uh, England, based on uh, results mm. uh, and form. Even though both of those got to come to Cardiff, so yeah. you know Wales need a good result in Italy, build their confidence. England got some injury problems as well. If Wales were to to beat England, championships on. It's a big season for Italy as well because they're two professional sides, you know, Treviso and Zebra. Zebra, uh, by the way, sacked their coach today. They mm. just sacked the coaches, talk about Zebra possibly being replaced by a Roman franchise, Rome based franchise. The, the results have been as poor as ever, if not worse, this season. They really need a, a Philip Italian rugby, and you just wonder whether Conor O'Shea can do it in their Six Nations. And uh, He's an astute man, Conor, always yeah. been a big admirer of him. Based on everything we've said then, and can you see many of the uncapped players being involved in that first game? No. Owen, uh, Owen Williams possibly on the bench? Owen Williams could well be on the bench because he can cover a couple of uh, uh, a few positions there. Um, I think the back three will be, I think they'll go, it'll be Liam Williams at, uh, on the wing, half penny at uh, full back, and I still think it'll be George North on yeah. the other wing, so I don't think any of the uncapped wingers will, will get in. Yeah. Um, Obviously, loose prop is either going to be uh, Nicky Smith or Rob Evans. It's going to be Rob Evans. Yeah, I, think, I go in for Nicky Smith myself. <laughs> Nicky Smith was brilliant for Wales in the autumn, and he's, uh, even though Rob Evans is a really good player, I just love Nicky Smith's uh, work rate. See, I, the way I've seen Rob Evans get up for some of the games recently, especially the European ones, huge I go back to how he saw that yeah. uh, he saw that too long prop off in the first twenty minutes, and he was massive again against Sari. So I'm in the Rob Evans camp as well, Sari. But um, what about Thomas Young? I don't think Thomas will be involved against Italy as much as anything. And we talked about it before. He's never been part of the Wales squad before. He's never trained with them, and he's not going to have a lot of days with the setup mm. prior to the Italy game because obviously the English players don't come fully on board, unlike the home base players for two weeks. And there's also the issue that if Thomas doesn't get selected for the 23 against he, Italy, he then goes back to his uh, club for that he, weekend. He, he will be with Wales next week, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. And then has to go back. The difference is that the Wales mm. players are there for uh, the full two weeks beforehand. I, I think the back row, unless Falatel makes an astonishing uh, full recovery over the next couple of weeks, the back row will be Moriarty 8, Warburton 6 and Tipperich uh, 7. Mm. But you don't think Falatel will be on the bench even, do you? Uh gamble possibly but they cannot risk his knee going again because it's twice a season he's had yeah. the same knee problem but you think he, if, if that you know, ha- it, if he's not involved would they go James King on the bench maybe which they have done quite a lot yeah they've done that before yeah though. yeah because he covers a lot of positions he? as well doesn't he yeah you Imagine know Dar- Dark Horse Dark Horse no I don't think they pair Dark Horse <laughs> this championship someone who could really come through because he's so big and physical and the rest of it because there's Cracknell mm. you know he's, got a lot he's the sort team. of boat that Gatlin when he was in charge it throws in mm. you know whether Oli would do the same thing I'm not so sure yeah well it's interesting to see that Gatlin was involved in the drop talking about Gatlin that he was involved or he was part of a conversation regarding Sam Warburton yeah well, he, well he would be wouldn't he because he's the head coach and he's just away on a, on a sabbatical so you're not going to bomb out your captain if the, the coach is going to be back in charge next season mm. you know next season come back say oh I want Sam Warburton to be do my you, captain do you the think that? Warren Gatlin still sees Sam Warburton as a potential Lions captain uh, my understanding is that uh, Warburton may not want to be Lions uh, captain. Uh, for Warburton to have a, uh, be Lions captain, he's because he would have to have a massive Six Nations. Because at the moment, you know, he slipped behind Alan Wynne Jones here in the uh, uh, 
uh, pecking order. And, you know, Wales got this competition mm. for uh, back row. And uh, look at the competition across the rest of the uh, home unions. You know, it's going to be yeah. hard to get make that all. I think it is. Not, one thing we probably, and Andy, you totally agree with this. Whatever we say about what's happened now, for six years, Sam Warburton has conducted himself fantastically as well. What a fantastic day. bloke and ambassador for the country. Ambassador was the word that Rob used. You know, he's put his body on the line repeatedly for his country. And I think... Uh, you know, he, he is the record most the person who's cap, captain Wales more than anywhere else. Only Brian O'Driscoll and Will Carlin have captain home countries more times. Um, and don't underestimate, don't underestimate the impact he had at the 2011 World Cup when Wales reached the semi-finals, mm. Mm. and he might well have won that uh, 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 tournament. If not that he, you know, he got sent off in the semi-final, but I, don't, I think I actually lost that match. Because Adam Jones went off earlier in a match with a calf injury, and the penalties they gave away came from the the, the scrum. And I tell you what, it has been telling. Although this is the first time it's happened on a permanent basis, we have seen occasions before where he's been removed from the captaincy for the odd game to concentrate on his performance. 2013, yep. um, when they won the Six Nations, and, and generally when that's happened, he's really delivered. Yeah. So let's see how he plays when he gets the chance in this Six yeah, Nations. Yeah, it, it might liberate him, might not it? You know, he's done that. Stand out for Chris Robshaw. Mm. With uh, with um, England, and it Robshaw has been fantastic since he's uh, relinquished the captaincy. Seems like the weight of the world is off his shoulders, and hopefully he'll do the same with Sam. It's certainly going to be interesting to keep an eye on that. All right, then, chaps, we've had a good chat about Wales here, so let's have a, a look back at the regions. Then um, quickly, they they've all been involved in European action last weekend, and they will be again this weekend. Um, there's only one place to start here, so let's head to Parker Scarlets to see what happened between the Scarlets and Saracens. Looks inside, nobody's there! Foul for Ashton! Chris Ashton slides in and scores it for Saracens! The champions respond! Incredible finish from Saracens. Farrell won't miss with a conversion. Box office game of rugby. Okay, that was Johnny Hammond from Sky Sports calling the action for you there. Side 22 all. What a game of rugby that was. Oh, it was brutal, wasn't it? We were sat here, Matt, when we were watching it and <laughs> following it by various means. Oh, dear, dear. It was so frustrating. I mean, you know, we've seen Welsh teams, you know, lose winning positions at the end, Wales and regions. Sometimes it's been, you know, it's it's been undeserved. This this let's make no bones about this. They deserve to win that match. Mm. They were the better team. Yes, Saracens have been missing a few people, but they really gave it a go. And they, they, as Andy said, they did a number of them up front, scored a lovely try through Scott Williams. It looked like they've done it, and just the one defensive lapse at the end cost them. But you have to say, considering that group and what we thought when we saw that group draw, drawn out the ultimate group of death you know the current European champions and the three times previous European champions to do what they've done has been outstanding and they've really punched above their weight and they can hold, they've done they've done Wales proud I think to be honest yeah, I mean call me negative but when that group came out I thought oh the Scarlets have been done again yeah and I just I couldn't see them because I thought Say were playing quite well at the time as well and I just couldn't see them getting many results from that group so to beat Toulon and to almost get past Saracens and I think we've got to commend them for that Superb but you know a lot of that comes down to their European pedigree like uh, I compare them to Munster because they've got such a great European history and uh, uh, heritage if you like as Lee Davis when he was captain and Scouts used to say he said it's Europe that turns us on Mm. And I think they do lift themselves for that uh, 
for the European competition. The jersey means a lot to him as well. And, you know, you could even go back further, can you? Dylan Ethy beating the All Blacks. It's got something about him. And, uh, you know, they do really, really give that all. And, and I think they've been a credit this, uh, yeah. this tournament. Because, you know, they started off as, as well. Space facts, they were, uh, they were hammered at Saracens in their opening match. Mm. And they had a bad start of the season in the league. Mm. And the Wayne Pivich, they've turned it round. And they've, uh, you know, put some really good results together. So, yeah, they come out with a lot of credit. And the other analogy with Munster is it's largely with homegrown talent. You know, a lot of that team of boys who've come through that local area, and mm. I think that's that's another well, well, that's testament a, to what the way forward. Yeah, that, yeah, for the Scarlets and the Ospreys, both two West Wales regions, and they're the best uh, two Welsh, uh, Welsh regions, aren't they? Mm. Uh, you know, West is best at the moment. Well, yeah, I don't think anybody can argue with that, really, at the moment. Um there's nothing to play for this week, Si. They're obviously they're out of the competition, but um, they're not going to want to go out with a whimper, given what we've just discussed. No, I think they'll go there wanting to end the campaign on a, on a really positive note. It'd be interesting to see what they do selection-wise, mm. whether they rest a few players. Um, but I think they they'll want to, they won't want it to sort of end as a bit of a damp squib. You know, they'll want to go out with a win. And let's be honest, if they play anything like they did at the weekend, they should beat Sale. Mm, it'll be out of Sale, mate. Won't be easy. Sale, I'm going to, Sale have, I think they lost about ten in a row in Europe. But Sale are no mugs at home, mm. and they'll be uh, Steve Diamond. He's an hard taskmaster, their coach. He'll be looking for Sale to win this weekend and give him confidence going back in the Reba Premiership. With I think they've been struggling a bit of uh, mm. uh, of, of late. Yeah. So you know it's an interesting one because as Simon said, does the Scarlets rest some battered players? And think ahead to the to the Pro Twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, then move into the Liberty Stadium. Then, so uh, Osprey's been in Leon forty-seven-seven. Um, it was a clinical performance eventually, and they actually went behind in that game, yeah. and and they were <laughs> rather sluggish for the first sort of twenty minutes. But they they got there in the end. They clicked and. And it was it went as we expected it would. Twenty five points out of twenty five. You know they yeah. they are on course to become the first team ever to go through a European campaign with a perfect thirty points. They've got Newcastle away. You know this coming weekend. Newcastle really have, have, have tended to use this competition for fringe players and academy players. Um, I would imagine the Ospreys will you know rotate it around a bit, keep players who've had um, quite a lot of rugby, keep them fresh. But the way they're playing, the confidence in the you know. He, he, I think it was 7 0 for 15 minutes, but we both like, turned to each other and said, They'll win this easy. Yeah. And you kind of felt they would. Yeah. You I don't know? think it was ever in doubt. No, and they'll want to get that 30 points, you know. And, um, they want to be top seeds. Well, I've looked at it and they are almost virtually guaranteed top seeds as well, such as the points difference. Mm. But they, they, having done having done all the hard work, five out of five maximum points, they'll want to complete it. And the way they're playing, the rugby they're playing, I think it's a very good chance they'll do that. Yeah, it, it, one of the things that came out of this was Sam Davis came onto the field and once again you're seeing him throw offloads, putting in the try scoring passes. There's a lot of talking now again about whether Dan Bigger should feel under pressure heading into the Six Nations. Have we got a real sort of competition for places on our hands at the fly-off? Well, we should have because Sam is a really good player. I think that, uh, though I think he's suffered a bit uh, since signing a new contract with the Ospreys, that he's been used as sparingly in number 10 uh, uh, since. But I think this, this game at Newcastle, if he starts at number 10 this weekend, which I imagine will probably happen, Newcastle up there, Osprey's chasing a bonus point as well, finished with a floodish. Game's made for him, isn't it? Mm. Certainly brings something different to the party. However, I can't see uh, past Wales uh, starting with Dan Bigger in Rome. Fair enough. Um, so, like we said, there is a chance that they're going to rest a few players here but at the end of the day Newcastle not a lot on no I mean 
we're expecting them to set that record, aren't we? We are, and then of course we get the uh, the fascinating possibility that um, they'd be number one seeds, and a certain other Welsh team could be eighth seeds, which would set up a very interesting quarter final. Who would that be? It would be the Cardiff Blues. Oh, uh, you're old buddies. Oh, come <laughs> on! Uh, don't get me started on the Dragons now. Uh, no, so yes, I, I think the Ospreys will win that. I think they will definitely be the top seeds. And then brings us on to the situation of the Blues, who've got Bristol at home, which is a, an interesting game, because if they win that, they're through as a runner-up. That that would be a, a beautiful link through to our, our next game. But I've got the, the Newport Gwent Dragons down here to talk about third, because you picked me up on it last week, so... We uh, very about, good point, We always yes. talk about the Dragons last, so we're going to talk about them third this time. And they picked up a good win at the weekend, 34-10 against the uh, NSI. Um, and one of the headlines that came out of this was Harrison Kedian, uh came on in the, early in the second half and um, I noticed he was at the top of our colleague Ian Mitchell Moore's report from Rodney Parade. He's a promising youngster, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Uh, of course, I only read about it because I was on a piste at the time <laughs> in France. T.E. Uh, yes, and uh, read about it. Uh, pleased for uh, Keddy because yeah. uh, I think he's work in progress. He's still a bit raw, and I think uh, by all accounts, he's found it a bit of a step up from under-20 rugby to senior rugby. I did see him play a few weeks ago for Ebervale against Cardiff RFC in the league, and he had a good game that day. He forced his way over to try. Uh, Wales management like Keddie and he would like to see him playing more often uh, for the Dragons they think he's got a big future he's trained with them uh, uh, quite a bit uh, I think he will take a bit of time with him mm. but you know he was up against by uh, uh, the Russians fielded a big pack mm. and he was uh, up against that you know and uh, and, and physically he, he handled himself against them so I'm told yeah so he's been uh, he's been called up to train, train with like Wales squads when they've called in mm. these wider players so he's he's obviously on their radar he's one of our top young prospects isn't he I think the thing is there, there's, there tends to be a difference in terms of the speed at which players um, progress from under 20 success to regionals and it depends what position they play you you often tend to see the backs are able to make the step up like Keelan Giles whereas the step up for forwards especially big physical ball carrying forwards it's like you know when you're playing your junior rugby yeah. all of a sudden you're the biggest boy in your school team or in your club junior team and then you go to another level and everyone's of that size yeah. at forwards so it's, it's probably taken Harrison a little bit of time but we, we could see the raw talent was there with the under 20s and when he's been playing with the premiership and you, you you sometimes get a breakthrough game like this mm. where you say yeah he's ready now he's starting to deliver and hopefully the second half of the season he will get lots of opportunities to show that for the Dragons Yeah, and the, the Dragons are still alive in Europe um, despite their away form um, they've got to basically they've got to come away from Breve with four more points than their host so they've either, either got to get four and not allow Breve to get a single point or they can come away with five and allow Breve to get any sort of bonus point, whether that be a try bonus point or within seven points, it's, it's um, going to be a tough assignment. They isn't haven't travelled well in Europe this year. That's well, the they haven't travelled well anyway, are they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, let's face facts. Their record says that, doesn't it? They haven't won away. Yeah. And um, but you know, they have had some joy in France in past seasons in the Challenge Cup. They've taken out Stade Francais in France. They've taken out Stade Francais. They've taken out Pau. They've uh, qualified. You know, they reached the semi-finals for the last two uh, Challenge Challenge Cups. So uh, they seem to play without inhibition when they go to France. So they have got a chance. I covered the uh, Dragons Breve match uh, early in the season, mm. and that was a cracking game. Breve really came there with a strong team. 
and uh, you know we're right up for the competition, which is a bit unusual with the French. Mm. So uh, uh, and the Dragons had a good win that night, but uh, you know if Breva like that again this week on their own patch, you know the French hate losing at home. Mm. Uh, generally, it will be a tough assignment for the Dragons. Uh, I suspect there'll be a high-scoring game. So if the Dragons win, there is a possibility that they might get a bonus. You know they might get a bonus point victory. So the interesting thing though is I looked at the game of the weekend. Breve played Worcester out in France it was a very much a, a raw Worcester team similar to what Newcastle have done you had a lot of kids playing and it took a last minute penalty for Breve to win that game there wasn't a particularly impressive performance from them yeah the weather wasn't great in France it wasn't great it wasn't great um, I suppose a lot of it you know you, you wonder how much does this matter to Breve because obviously the, some there's been question marks quite a lot recently not just in the Challenge Cup but in the Champions Cup as well about the attitude of some of the French clubs well that's nothing new is it no so that will be fascinating to see. And of course, uh, it's a Welsh team going out to Breve 20 years on from the Battle of Breve. <laughs> Hopefully, Kingsley would remember. Something, well, he was an ex Ponty player, wasn't there at the time, but he knows all about those kind of occasions. Uh, you don't tend to get them like that anymore. So we don't but, see uh, <laughs> But it'll be physical, it'll be fruity, you would imagine. I don't think it's impossible for the Dragons. Not impossible. Um, I think it does make it that much more difficult that they have to get a seven-point victory. They have to deny Breve, uh, you know, a losing bonus point realistically, or get it four tries. It, so. Possibly yeah. a high-scoring game with it lots could, of tries. Could be, one, could be one of those games, couldn't it, where the Dragons win with five points and Breve end up getting two points by oh. uh, scoring four tries at itself and losing by seven or less points. That would be crazy. That wouldn't, uh, that wouldn't surprise me. Good at luck all. to you covering that game. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be like plenty to write about. Um, <laughs> So yeah, tough ask, but let's hope it comes off for the Dragons then. Um, moving on, Ty, I know you were trying over there, but we're going back now to the Cardiff Blues. Oh yes. That was a close uh, a close one for them. 22-21 win out in Poe, it took a last minute penalty yeah, from Chandler. I hear that Danny Wilson wasn't hugely impressed at half-time with the way they'd played in the first half, and I think it probably took... Uh, a few bit of straight talking at the break, and they were improved in the second half. But it was a close old thing, and they relied, as they have done quite often this season, on the boot of Steve Shingler. Who's fair play? He's he's proved an excellent. Points. He has proved an excellent signing. Was Shingler a candidate for the Will Squad? Yeah, he's proved an excellent Steve. signing. You know, given how Gareth Anscombe's had very limited rugby through injury and so forth, you know, he's been a big signing. They've done well for them. They did what they needed to do. They got the win. And now they know exactly what they've got to do this weekend. They've got Bristol at home. Any kind of victory guarantees them a place in the last day. Realistically, you know, Bath have got a uh, home game against winless Poe. They're going to win the group, Bath are. They looked good last weekend themselves. They racked up a bonus point within 20 minutes. Well, half yeah. hour, actually, I think. I think Bristol. if you look at that Challenge Cup now, um, although it's derided, you can see that from the quarter-final stage, there's some tasty teams in there, mm. and I think it's shaping up now. If you look in the favourites for that, you would say Ospreys, Ospreys and Bath, Bath Gloucester, and Harlequins. Um, That'd be a good tournament to win for the uh, Ospreys. Yeah, that's right. Blues are dragons, aren't it? But the first thing is Blues have got to get into the into the quarter, so that means beating Bristol. I mean, Bristol were quite heavily beaten by Bath at home last weekend, and have obviously got their own Premiership priorities uh, so that we, that you know I think should be a game that the Blues will win and then it brings us back to and it's always the case you're always there, there with your calculator trying to work out the groups and as I say it could be the Ospreys away Do you fancy the, the Blues against Bristol Ann? Yeah I think they win with a bonus point Do you? Yeah no problems at all Really? Yeah well why not? That, that cut and dry? Yeah because I think Bristol will come with a uh, development team because they'd rather be focusing on the uh, yeah. premiership Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And they're, they're out, out of the, the, they're out out they can't qualify They can't yeah. qualify yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, but if we do get a Welsh quarter-final between the Ospreys and the Blues, are you a fan of that? Or 
I think it'd be great. What an occasion that could be if it's marketed properly and all. It would be at the Liberty Stadium. You know, why can't they get a crowd of 16,000? What was the crowd when they met earlier in the season in the league when the uh, Ospreys hammered the Blues? I think it's about 11, wasn't it? Was it? Well, you know, you, you don't think market that, right? And uh, um, it's a big European encounter. We've had them before in the European Cup. Van yeah. Ethi and Cardiff RSE, for example. Well, we you had know. the Blues against the Dragons. We had the uh, Dragons yeah. and Blues a couple of years ago, didn't we? Dragons, well, Dragons won that game. And... Um, it could be a bit, you know, it could be a real big uh, counter, and it you know, be pretty tasty and a real test for the Blues, wouldn't it? Because they started so well at the Ospreys a few months ago, and then they capitulated, and they haven't been the same side since. I think just to clarify the way it works, the Ospreys are guaranteed number one seeds. They'll play the eighth seeds at the moment. That's the Blues. The only realistic way that could change. Um, they would need Stade Francais to beat Harlequins in, in Paris this weekend, which is not well, impossible. If that did happen, then the likely scenario is you'd have the Ospreys um, at home to Stade Francais, and the Blues would uh, go down memory lane with a, a trip into Europe to Gloucester. Can you remember they had a, a big trip down there a few yeah, years won, ago? Right? Tom James got Tom sent off. Tom James got sent off. Bradley Davis scored the try. Um, mm. So if you were a Blues supporter, Andy, would you rather the Ospreys away or Gloucester away? Gloucester away, because I think the uh, Ospreys have got a massive psychological hold over the Blues, which they've proved in uh, recent years. So I think uh, that'd be tough. Uh, I think Gloucester are a very beatable side. And... Um, yeah, Dragons you know, Dragons won there last season, didn't they? Mm. So say one of the it was one of the big upsets, or, or was billed as one of the big upsets. But you know, Gloucester, you know, uh, with no great shakes last year, and they not this season. So I, uh, you know, I fancy the Blues more at uh, Gloucester than I would at the Ospreys. I personally, I think if the Blues go to Gloucester as opposed to the Ospreys, I think it's good for everyone because then you've got two sides each with a chance of getting through to the semi-final from Wales. Yeah, of course you have, haven't you? Yeah, it's an Anglo-Welsh battle and uh, some of us old-timers, there's nothing we like better than (laughs) Anglo-Welsh battles. Old-timers. All right, we'll leave it there then. Um, Guys, thanks for joining us today and thanks to you guys for listening at home. Um, Don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, um, so head over there, give us some reviews, some stars and all that good stuff. Um, don't forget you can find all the build-up, live blogs and the reaction from this weekend's regional matches on Wales Online.